0: start recording cuz i feel like we got we're, we're ready right
1: now
2: yeah we're recording so what
1: was that question is bud back on the america is it, uh, do I have to change my uh, my words when I order my favorite uh, beverage now? I yeah. don't
0: know. because I looked, and I thought it was a new variety of beer. The yeah. Freedom Let It Ring uh, Brewery. I, based-
1: always, I always do. <laughs> Freedom and my phone. I always let it ring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time. No,
0: Budweiser, it's that time of year. They're back on the Freedom Let It Ring uh, can. Could I interest one of you gentlemen in a Steve Weiser? Uh, You don't have to twist my arm.
1: Yeah, dude, I love being free. It is uh, three sixteen every every time I look at the clock. (laughs) Thanks, man. Dig in, all right. One hundred percent. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you you so much.
2: Give this
0: little tap tap tap. All right, that's right. We're that's right because it's the Heavy Hole Podcast. This is my new persona, Christopher Crayola, retired art teacher, (laughs) dude, colorful person, and and air. (laughs) To the Crayola Crayon family fortune. <laughs> I bet you never thought Crayola would sound Italian. Huh? Oh. No, listen. Man. I, I got these very nice new glasses from zenny.com They're not a sponsor yet, but they're fishing for sponsors. I see them out there. All right. They got something.
1: I love fishing. They That's got, so
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you the segue. Uh, I'm back with the whole crew. Who are you over there?
1: What's going on? This is Justin. I like to party as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. No one said they like to party. Yet. Yeah, that's right. I don't have teal frames, but I'm wearing Gucci sunglasses right now because yeah. I am like, listen, last time you heard from me, I lost a lot of money. I'm back up.
0: Back up. I'm nice. back up right now. All the way up. I wow. got.
1: Uh, I caught a gigantic uh, red uh, snapper. Nice. In my in recent ex- escapades to Florida. N- not.
0: Oh, wow. I still don't know if this is sexual or like hobby related.
1: A hundred percent. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Wow. Jesus. A hundred percent. Right now. Yeah. So yeah, I was recently uh, down south in Florida. Uh, it was an interesting time.
0: You look like you fit in. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I thought. You got the, the. That's
1: what I thought too. So I, I you know, so I the started. Fishing hat, the glasses, <laughs> the hair. It's I all start, coming together. <laughs> I started my time down in Miami, which you know, party in the city where the heat is on. That's what I've heard my entire life.
0: Let's not get yeah all right, right. I, uh,
1: no, well no i didn't mean, i changed no, my name for no, disres- no 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 just <laughs> changed my name for this episode no disrespect yeah. okay no Chris disrespect at all yeah. No. i think <laughs> <laughs> then uh from from a, a terrific expensive dinner down uh you know in that uh particular part of the of the state we took a road trip up four hours we drove to daytona beach nice and we drove on the beach whoa is and that fr- legal it's legal. You pay twenty dollars to this lady. You pay twenty dollars to a lady and drive down. It's so the funny. Beach. You make a right turn from the from like the main strip. You you go onto the beach, and we had this like beautiful, yeah, like as a soul, this old lady, and she was just like, Is your truck four by four? And we were like, I don't know. I could see a Honda Civic with a body kit like shoveling itself out on the beach, and she was like, I'm not the four by four police. She's like, they, they had twenty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> and we were like, Why did you even say that? Here's twenty dollars. We're on our way. Just driving past Civic after Civic, just buried in the sand. That's great. And like, you know, I, you know, listen, like you're dumb. If you (laughs) like, you're a dumb person. No, you're you're adventurous. If you're, if you're doing that, if you you drive your
0: Honda Civic in the sand and it gets stuck, just keep, just keep burying it. Just keep putting sand on it.
1: (laughs) This guy was taking off his body kit as we we're trying to trying to that's get out. great. I would have loved to see that. It was insane, but Daytona is terrible. It's an absolutely terrible place unless you're from there and you love it then allegedly, respect allegedly, to you. And absolute yeah. respect allegedly. To you. I got challenged to multiple fights at uh, at bars in Daytona wow. for no reason. <laughs> I thought I fit in with a mustache and a half mullet. But uh no, this is considered a hippie look uh down there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. But this uh is... but yeah, but you know, shout out to Florida, you know, y'all you do it. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, y'all yeah, do and respect. it. respect and I was wearing my, you know, my obituary shorts, my, you know, my, from 1996, nice. uh, six, uh, my, you know, and nobody cared. No maybe that's cares. why you
0: were getting challenged to fights because they wanted to, they wanted to beat you up and then take those shorts rightfully back to Florida. Yeah,
1: that's probably why. Yeah. Um, see that. But what do you want? You know, but guess what? You didn't want to see what was under those shorts. That's all well, I want to Whoa. Say May, well,
0: a, maybe the Patreon people do. I you got know? a question
1: mm. for everybody in Florida, but also everybody in this room right now. Tom, how was your week? Nice, not bad, not not, not bad at all.
2: <laughs> that I, listen, I don't want to take any steam off of what's going on here. <laughs> okay, we have momentum. I have been hunting vampires for the past two weeks. Get out of town. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I'm intrigued.
2: Yeah. So look, there's this guy, <laughs> and I'm not going to say his name on the show. But if you want to know, leave a voicemail saying, show me the vampire, and I'll
1: text a link to you. Yeah, just leave a voicemail Uh, saying, where the blood at? Oh, wait,
0: I think you told me about this gentleman a year or two ago. Yeah, well, he's back in full force. I'm glad the vampires didn't get him yet.
2: Well, you see, he disappeared for a bit. He stopped doing vampire stuff online. He took it all down, and now he's back at it. Off the grid. Yeah, but now he's on the grid. Now he's on the cross. Darkness falls. He (laughs) He is flying through vampire lore. Uh, with short films of narratives that make no sense, and I, I'm still handling it. I've created several sock accounts, encouraging to to make more of these films. Wow. I'm trying to get more out of it.
1: Are you on? Are you on the boards right now? Are you? Are you? I'm not on the boards. Dropping the comments. Right no, now? I'm just so, like. <laughs>
2: no, not yet. <laughs> I have comments all over YouTube though, that oh, yeah. are, and it's all encouraging. Yeah. I want him to make more
1: Yeah, well, you're my friend and I would expect nothing less than encouragement for, of, for this crap.
2: Of course. Well, that's what I've been doing in my free time. The little of it that I have, I take I'm taking a shit and I'm going through my various YouTube accounts with, with names, monikers, AI generated faces as the little uh the, the modicons. and I'm I'm trying to get a vampire to be a billionaire.
0: Is this the sound this reminds me of the saga? Of you, famous goth YouTuber, King Cobra JFS. Respect for that man. Are you familiar? No, I'm not. I think that this is the template. This is the archetype for what you're talking about. Oh, I, I... From what you're telling me, I don't know. This is mm-hmm. interesting. Well,
2: what I have to do with the sock accounts because I have to make sure they look legit is that I spend extra hours looking up other vampire stuff.
1: Can uh, for for a layman, what is a sock account? A sock account
2: is like not your main account. You okay. just make an account, like you, you make a yeah, Gmail just,
1: that's, you know. You use it, you throw it under the bed. It's like, yeah, it's like when you put your sock, when you do a little thing in your sock. Yeah, it's a throwaway, like you have fun.
0: But, you know, you got to okay, develop them right. a
2: little bit so they don't look like spam.
1: I'm an idiot and I need explanation. That's all right. It's okay. I just right.
2: couldn't put my real name there Okay. because this vampire what? knows me I very well. I honestly didn't know. Did know so
0: this guy believes that, there's re- he, he believes that there's real vampires yeah. walking he be- among us. He believes
1: that he is a real vampire. Yes. He
0: is a real vampire. Yes.
2: A
1: hundred percent. Okay. I, uh, to the behest of his children and his.
0: Yeah. Yes. My- he, has, he has a family. <laughs> he does, yes. He has children. Yeah, I Well, heard- do
1: the undead have families?
0: This this got less <laughs> question- funny. This just got way less funny. This is just weird now.
2: All right, well, let's go back to Florida or uh where are we going tonight, Will? How we,
0: we got to find this guy and have yeah. a little intervention yeah. or call CPS
1: mm-hmm. or something. I got a question. How was your week, Will?
0: Uh, it's uh it's been a bumpy ride the last yeah. few minutes, but getting back on track. You know, it's funny <laughs> Justin yes, made an homage to Miami, the, the smash hit single. 100%. By a certain pop star yeah. who bears a similarity in name mm-hmm. to a host that is sometimes on this show, but tonight is being replaced by Christopher Crayola, heir to the Crayola. Uh, Crayon Fortune. Mm. Tom, you talked about vampires. Sure did. You might, listeners might remember, you guys may or may not, you may not believe me, listen when I talk. (laughs) I I bought this book several weeks ago, several episodes ago. Yeah.
1: Is that, is that, I am Legend the Book?
0: I am Legend (laughs) the Book, which was written in the 50s. The name of the book was given to a movie that bears very little similarity. To, to this book, it this is a great book. I just wanted I just wanted to catch people up to speed. This is an all reality. This is like a page turner. It's a it? thriller right here, and i I gotta say, I didn't hate the movie. It's one of the few Will Smith movies I will sit through, but books better. Sorry, I'm the guy with the glasses saying the book's better. i
1: take books better. Dude, I did well, it. I wouldn't believe you, but those glasses are so good. Listen, I believe you tonight. It's really me, Big Will, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. Uncle Buck.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> that was reveal. I took the reveal. Time. I took the glasses off for the listeners. That was the reveal. <laughs> it's really me, your host, Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. And our guest is none other than Manticore. All kidding aside, longtime cult. Black death metal band, however, you wish to label them. They're more evil than your labels. We're going to interview them and get to the bottom of the whole story and talk about their new album. big will from heavy hole podcast and i'm here with none other than lou and adam from long running uh we'll we'll ask them how they would describe the band long running band manticore thank you for your time fellas
3: oh thank you yeah
0: yeah, and and we're going to start, like I said, when we have multiple members, we always start from the beginning. So I'll bounce back and forth a little bit, um, guys. But we, you know, we want to get into Manticore, obviously, which I'm a big fan of. And your new album, if I got it right, Endless Scourge of Torment, is out this summer on Hell's Headbangers Records, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah so what, no, we're going to get 15th? into... I'm sorry. July 15th?
0: july the 15th coming up real soon uh and we're gonna get into all that and talk about manticore but um let's just start off with lou uh the typical heavy hole podcast question are you from a musical family are there musicians older than yourself in your family or was there anyone that steered you into heavy metal and hard rock music along the way
3: yeah my uncle taught music my mom and dad both played all through school and like Actually, big enough high school bands to do like Macy's and Rose Bowl parades and stuff. So, yeah, you've—I would tell people you rebelled by not playing music at my house. So, yeah, we oh, wow. everybody in my family plays music at some some sort at one point in time.
0: Do you, Do you feel like maybe like even though you're obviously playing a form of music, do you feel like playing the type of music you do is kind of a rebellion within your family?
3: Oh yeah, I mean nobody in my family really listens to anything remotely close to what I do, but now nah, it's just what I like. Fair and I just grew up in, I just grew up in a time where, you know, the late seventies, early eighties, there's a lot of heavy stuff coming. I mean, you couldn't be, pick a better time to be 13 than 1983. Like
0: your heavy metal, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it, man. I, I was I was born in eighty two to give you a little context, and I've always okay. been, I've always been jealous of um, some of my older cousins and people, uh, you know, that have those cool stories. Ju- Judas Priest getting banned from Madison Square Garden to this day. I think that was eighty four.
3: Yeah, it probably was when they tore up all the seats and destroyed the place.
0: Yeah, yeah, because they're (laughs) actually yeah they're coming back to Longa, but that's a that's a whole other story, man. Um, (laughs) I'm interviewing Manticore right now, so Lou, was there anyone in your upbringing that kind of steered you towards uh, heavy metal um, and less traditional forms of music?
3: Uh, you know, my best friend, his mom, believe it or not, when we were kids, she would play us Saxon. Mm-hmm. And Judas Priest and Alice Cooper and stuff like that. So as soon as I heard that, her playing that, I was like, oh, okay. And from there, you know, we just always look for the next heaviest, the next fastest, yeah, whatever it was at that time. So, yeah, I mean, my best friend growing up, his mom actually probably made me like metal more than anybody.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so when do you Turn into um. Uh, when do you like cross cross the 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 line and become a musician yourself?
3: Oh, well, I I mean I played from the time I was ten. I played tons of different instruments, you know, like in school and band and orchestra and everything. So, I mean, my whole life, pretty much. Wow. You know, but I mean, when I started playing metal, I mean, I didn't get my first bass till I was sixteen, maybe seventeen. My buddy had taught me some stuff on guitar, but i not. In, I was never into playing guitar, so you know, as far as playing bass, it probably wasn't until sixteen or seventeen.
0: Okay, and and we um, we were talking before the interview. Uh, Shout to my friend's Gray Skies Fallen, um, who who played a few shows with Somnus, uh in the '90s, a band that you spent some time in. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you a few questions about that, but are there any were there any bands you were in that predate that, um, where you you got to play live or write original music or anything?
3: Actually, no, no. I pretty much lived in the middle of nowhere. I moved to the city to find a band, and that's when I found the guys that we started Somnus. But I mean, they were stars they were starting it before they found me. But I mean, I was two guys at that point. Okay, so kind would, of there from the beginning. So you'd say you grew up in like more of a rural area. No, I mean, I grew up in the city, just where I, where I happened to move after I graduated, I was out in the sticks. You know, it was an hour drive each way to go to shows, so, I mean, I'd go to three shows a week, but still, it was an hour drive each way, you know, so, it's, it just didn't, you know, I traveled for work, it was just a lot of things didn't make it work at the time, you know, for me to do anything musically, Yeah. when cool. I was in my early 20s. Got it.
0: Yeah, because that's why I ask. I always ask people about how easy it was to get back and forth to shows and, and things like that where they where they grew up. Um, and if you were, I mean, back, back when you were coming of age, um, were you able to get to, like, underground uh, punk hardcore metal concerts?
3: No, I mean, I got to see, like, Slayer like, things like, like Metallica, Master of Puppets, you know, stuff like that. But I lived 45 minutes away at that time from the city. And, you know, until you had a driver's license, there were no buses or anything where I was at. So, unless you had a friend that drove and was reliable, you didn't make it.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> God, and and when you say the city, are you talking about Cleveland?
3: Yeah, Cleveland.
0: God, okay. Um and there's a a rich metal history, even death metal and black metal history associated with Cleveland and Greater Ohio. Um, before we get into Somnus and get into that era, let let me switch gears to Adam real quick. Uh, thanks for being patient, Adam. Would you mind? Oh, no problem. Yeah. Would you mind giving us the same rundown kind of, um, are you from a musical family, musicians in your family or anyone that steered you into hard rock and heavy metal?
5: Uh, yeah, actually my mom, I guess played some drums in school, nothing like serious, uh, my dad still, to this day, still plays guitar and stuff, but he does like more acoustic kind of what would you call it? Like, like folkish kind of yeah. stuff. But it, you know, it still got me into it. I started off on bass, and uh, one of my buddies, his band, like I, I wasn't even in a band at the time. They used to jam in my room, so they would leave their gear there, and it was like, hey, let me play your drums. And uh, yeah, like twenty six years later, I'm still apparently beating on drums
0: <laughs> still waiting still waiting to get back to bass
5: i guess um <laughs> oh I, I dabble with some guitar now and shit like that
0: but dabbles well <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you guys are, are both you know multi-instrumentalists and there, there's music in your family because um, one of th- one of the things I, I love most about manticore has been your dedication to like raw quality um, in in your in your sound over the years, so it's you know you guys obviously know what you're doing. Um, uh, you know, dis, despite that, that aesthetic.
3: Yes, yeah, sorta, maybe. <laughs> We're there. Fair enough, <laughs> man. Well, here's a no, question. I mean, it was, yeah, we. Yeah, it's it's not just raw noise.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of you know, it's it's like a um. Well, you know, this speaks to like the greater scene, I guess, That's that you guys maybe uh, are associated with is a lot of this kind of like raw metal that um, uh, evokes the old school and rejects a lot of the kind of like cleaner, more uh, t- airtight production qualities of, of like, you know, say your slam death metal bands and things like that.
5: Oh, yeah. No, it's not like that. We engineered this out a lot more disgusting and more organic. primitive than what it sounds like we could actually play but <laughs> yeah. yeah we just try to keep to the uh organic very compound organic. <laughs> of what metal should have been which was just hard-heading ugly and just in your face
0: I, and I think you guys make a statement with, with also the variety of band. Well, the the school or the class, I should say, of bands that you've chose, chose to cover over the years, Profanatica, Fanatica, Archgoat, Beherit, Venom, and so on. I mean, you guys are kind of making a statement. You said what metal should be, right?
3: <laughs> Wait till you hear the new, uh, the new album, the cover. <laughs>
0: okay, man. <laughs> All right. right. It, it's, it's,
3: it's, let's just put it this way. It, it's nothing along the lines of the bands you just mentioned.
0: All right. Well, I I think I read about it, and I think it's a Long Island band. Yes, it is. Okay, I I'm gonna.
3: All right. They knew what rock and roll is all about.
0: Do you do you want to reveal for the listeners? You want well, let, me? Let's, yeah. Let's make. All right. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Aren't you covering Captain Howdy by Twisted Sister? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Awesome. I love it, man. So yeah, let's talk about Twisted Sister and. Because, cause, you know, there's people from this generation. We have a lot of younger listeners, and we interview bands that are younger than me. And people might just group Twisted Sister in with, like, the glam metal bands and stuff
3: like that, right? No. The first two, you know, the first two twist. I mean, everything. I mean, Stay Hungry, yeah, they got that look where, oh, we have to do this. Because, you know, record labels get involved. And it's all about money. Whereas, you know, I mean, so many bands that you could call glam were like that back in those days, you know, like Def Leppard, their first albums were killer, we listen to them all the time. I mean, like, there's a lot of bands that just hit that point where the record labels pushed them in a direction, but the first Twisted Sister albums, the first two albums were so dirty.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I I agree, and I'm looking forward to that. It was kind of like a, a nice little surprise for me doing the research today. Uh, that there was a little Long Island because obviously we're a Long Island based podcast, and you right? know we, we we cover pyrexia and internal bleeding and all these guys, and you know Billy Joel even sometimes. But um, cool. <laughs> I just joke. But but we're... no, hey, I like Billy Joel. <laughs> Great, yeah, man. I you know the older I get, the more it makes sense. The more I drink, the more it makes sense. But right, <laughs> but, but, uh, before we get too far ahead, man, because um, we're, we are talking about Endless Scourge of Torment when you talk about your new album on Hell's Headbangers Records. We'll pro- probably be out uh, within a few days of the listeners listening to this interview. But um, we just got a little taste of your guys' background. Let, this is a question I wanted to ask respectfully. Given um, the subject uh, matter that you've dealt with for, for Manticore's uh, discography, Do does the occult or occult practices, or something you would describe that way, play any part? Um, did you guys get in touch with any, any sense of that in your upbringing? Maybe if you each want to answer that separately.
5: Uh, no, I've always just been fascinated with the stuff, stuff of darker natures and everything, but I've never really dabbled with it. it just, I'd much rather learn about it.
3: So, yeah, yeah, that's about all I got there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, actually like the band kind of started like me and Dave, the original guitar player. We got along well because me and him were both of the we were into really messed up dark things at a young age. And it led to the music because mm-hmm. I mean, there was that. I mean, when I was a kid, what, like, say, eight years old, what? That's 1978. Oh, you could hear a cult type music and like Black Sabbath. You know, that's you had a couple little things here and there, and then all of a sudden, you know, the music happened. So, no, I was always into this long before the music. You know, I mean, it's done some things here and there. Our old singer was definitely very much probably almost channeling music and lyrics, I think. Mm -hmm. I know... His current project, he told me, never do another album because he doesn't have enough blood left in his body. He would sit there and cut himself and play, and riffs would come and lyrics, and so like the early days really twisted. Now, still, but not to that point.
0: Okay, I, and I asked that respectfully. Um, I was involved in a band that had uh, members who were in, involved in like occult practices and things like that, and I left on handshakes. Uh, and I've I've always, you know, said since that experience that there is power in um those sort of practice. Whether you believe it or in, in it or not, you you know, there is power in that type of energy. Um so that's why I say I ask respectfully. It's not for everybody, but for some people right. obviously it is their path in life.
3: Right. Me and our guitar player definitely are more inclined in those directions, I think. Than Adam. Habs are cavemen in the <laughs> back that destroy
0: stuff, right? <laughs> Fair enough, man. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. Um, it's it's just interesting to me. And so, before we get too far ahead, now we're already we're already into Manticore. But something I mentioned before, I wanted to bring up was Somnus. We left off. You move um, to the Cleveland area and join Somnus, um, who you were part of for, I guess, the better part of uh, five years ish, right? Yeah, uh, and on several releases, I don't know. Do you want to just give us your, your, your maybe your recollection of joining that band and what the scene was like back then? Um, and for the listener, Somnus is uh, you know I don't know how you describe it, but maybe a little bit on the other end of what people consider like black metal and doom metal and that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, it was definitely I don't know how you what atmospheric. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like atmospheric blackish metal. I wasn't allowed to write about Satan when I wrote the lyrics, so it wasn't true black metal.
0: Yeah, I guess it, like, it, it seems like it's a little bit more on the commercial end of what people were doing in the 90s that was influenced by black metal.
3: Well, that's the thing. It's like, when that, yeah, when when we started doing that, there weren't really a lot of bands that did that. Mm-hmm. Really in the mid-90s, you know, that were, I mean, you had Cradle of Filth. And we were definitely that. I mean, I think the guys in the band, they would tell you their biggest influences were Cradle of Filth, My Dying Bride, you know, stuff like that. Catatonia, which I really like, by Dying Bride, and the rest of them, I'm I'm not really into that. But, I mean, I moved here and met two guys that had been in other well-known bands in the area, Eater and um, Odia Sanction. Mm. And they were looking for a bass player, and Scott, the singer, his girlfriend, I ran into her probably 10 shows. And what's funny is, the night I finally decided to go try out for them, I went to see Blood Coven, which our original guitar player, Dave, that was his band that he was in, they needed a bass player. So I went to see them and talked to them, and she got to me first. And I ended up joining Somnus instead of trying out for Blood Coven. And then we shared a practice spot. So from day one of meeting Dave, me and him were already known, knew we were the twisted people in each band. And we were already talking about forming Manicore, probably within, you know, an hour of meeting each other when I first joined Samus, even. So, but I mean, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. We did a lot of good shows, played a lot of big fests, played, I mean, still to this day, my favorite show was, we opened up for My Dying Bride in in 90, whatever they came to the stage first, 98, maybe, 97. I mean, that was, you know, it was a good time. Those guys are great guys. I still talk to them every now and then. You know, most of them have moved out of the area, but Still see them from time to time, and they're all good guys. Had a lot of fun. I mean, it was a good time. I just wanted something ugly.
0: Okay, and and you said Dave, that's your guitar player in Manticore, right?
3: The original guitar, the original
0: player. guitar part who, who you started the band with, and because that was the, that was one of the questions I wanted to get to in terms of Somnus. All due respect to them and their music, but were obviously with Manticore. Do you feel like that was a little something a little bit closer to your heart and what you really were trying well, to do?
3: <laughs> the first show Manticore played was as soon as we got done and walked off the stage, Rhea, the keyboard player from Somnus she was like she looked at me and she said that was great and that's where you belong i can tell and it's like well yeah that's where i belong i've told you guys forever you know, i was always the one pushing to go let's get heavier let's get let's throw some heavier stuff in but wow. that's okay you know they did their thing and then i got to do mine so yeah yeah yeah
0: i, I love it man and um yeah, and there was a number of releases there with with Somnus. Um, just you know, I always give reference to the listeners as we go along. Uh, Awakening the Crown, the full length in '99 um, on Root of All Evil Records is something people might want to go back. to. And you guys did a split with Theater of the Macabre too, kind of a cult band.
3: Yep, they were on the same. They were on Root of All Evil. Yeah, Earl was a great guy. Rest, yeah, you know, rest in peace, Earl. He was a good dude. Uh, who, I'm sorry. Who, who was that from? From Root of All Evil Records? From Root of All Evil Records. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest yeah in the peace. Owner, he did a lot of great stuff up there with college radio and just everything, you know, shows and label and. I mean, he put out all the Impaler stuff.
0: Uh, a lot of these guys, um, yeah. Rest in peace to him, and um, you know, we've we've talked with other guests about Don Decker and Eric Grafe Grafe oh. and a lot of these guys that were very active in that era in the Midwest. Yep.
3: Oh, it was. It was a, we're a depressed part of the country, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's the '70s killed the Midwest. So everybody now is it. You know, Birmingham was great for that sound of Sabbath and Priest and all that, because it was a steel town. Same thing in the Midwest. They're all just pretty much former steel towns that we all got to grow up watching slowly die. So you know, it's just a lot of. Ugh, here, you know, it draws us in.
0: Yeah, that's um, I, I you know I I've I don't know Cleveland as much as I know parts of upstate New York, but don't, they refer to this all and 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 Pittsburgh too. I believe in certain parts is like the Rust Belt, right? Yep. Yeah, for for our listeners who aren't from the area, you could you could you could look up the Rust Belt to see exactly what he's talking about. I mean, it's a well documented um uh, historical fact what he's talking about now that happened in a lot of areas of the United States back then. And you're you're touching on something that's very um close that I bring up a lot on, on the Heavy Hole podcast is and something that you said even before. You you know you said something before about um you know being a 13 year old kid in the early 80s getting a heavy metal was the best time. Um, right, but there was something I think you know. Whenever I read and go back, there's something wild about the 70s and early 80s that seemed to be lost over the years into the 90s. Uh, would you agree with that?
3: Oh, without a doubt. There's <laughs> we joke about it all the time, you know, because the guys I work with, Adam included, they love to call me old, you know, and it's like, but I remember all the fun times, you know. Mm. It was different back then. You could do things, you know. I, I, don't know, man. If we would have grew up with social media, life would have sucked. <laughs> to be honest, you know. Yeah. We didn't need that shit getting out on social media. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I'm. I got in uh, just under the uh, radar, man. I, I graduated high school in 2000, so like I was just ju- just like the last generation or so that didn't have too much of that, man. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I look back all the time, but. Um, now moving along, Adam, not to neglect you, what, um, did you have bands that you were active in, uh, you know, making original music and playing live before Manticore?
5: Uh, yeah, I had one briefly called Emaciated Entrails. It was just pretty much like a brutal death metal band. Uh, one guitar player actually ended up playing guitar and regurgitation for a little bit. And then, uh. We split up because the singer was, oh, um, well, less than professional to work with. Let's just put it that way. He was a singer. He was a singer. All right. And then, uh, and I ended up playing phone tag with Lou for a little bit, and finally met up and tried out, and the rest is history. All right. Fair enough,
0: man. And
3: um, the song I- he wrote that night play drums to we still play it live in our set he wrote drums to it during the tryout so no man, don't let him underestimate that.
0: <laughs> no fair enough man fair enough. And and um something I saw that I did want to ask you about you did a short stint performing live for Archgoat, no? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, how did that come about? Uh
5: I was working one day, I got a call from uh, one of the guys from uh, Hell's Headbangers that was telling me that uh, Archgoat's drummer was having a problem getting in, like I guess he couldn't get a visa or something like that, or time off work, and uh, since we're the only band that was actually on that fest, that the uh, music styles were pretty comparable, they asked me if uh, I'd be interested in doing it, and I was just like, yeah, well, yeah, why wouldn't you?
0: Fair enough, man. How, how was that tour? I mean, you know, with, with all due respect to your privacy, but how was that tour, and how was it interacting with those guys?
5: Oh, it was great. It was great. It was uh, uh, Dave, the original guy from uh, Manacor, came down, helped me learn uh, their set pretty much in entirety, him and Lou. So it was like I was already pretty much well-versed in playing the songs by the time these guys got there. And then when I uh, met up with the uh, Archgo guys, we uh, – Went over it a few times and drank a lot, huh. <laughs> drank a lot of beer,
0: and uh, yeah, just ended up going pretty decent actually. That That's pretty interesting, actually. So, like, the, the whole band Manticore was kind of involved, like, they kind of pre- like pre- prepped you and were there. They were almost like a rehearsal session
3: arch goat in a way, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's what Kai called. Guy called us that, pretty much. Yeah, he's like the American Archgoat. We'll, wa- you guys can play, and we'll stand on the side and drink <laughs> beer and watch. That's what they told us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. But that's that speaks to you guys for learning the whole set, uh, you know, to to make it happen, man. And you know, we were talking before. You know, you covered uh not just archscold um uh, profanatica uh beherit all these bands it, do you feel a camaraderie um a, like like is that a close knit community amongst um bands who really wear that on their sleeve that
3: that scene yeah. what was it? i mean yeah i mean sort of i guess i mean every i mean the thing is everybody's covered beherit profanatica you know i mean we kind of covered bands everyone's covered over the years But we tried to find something weird. And actually, we've done a lot of covers over the years that have never really gotten the... Like, we've done Impaled Nazarene. Mm. We've Mm. done, I mean, what, Enemy? Uh, We've done Corpse. Yeah, yeah, our first show, we actually did a Cannibal Corpse cover. (laughs) Well, so, I mean, that's... I mean, Actually, for our first CD release, we've always kind of been the Black Sheep in Cleveland. We, our first promos were kind of mocking At the Gates, which everybody in Cleveland loved At the Gates. So we were mocking them. And so it kind of, everyone stuck right from the start, people kind of hated us, I guess, here. And so for our first CD release, we actually did an entire show. We did our CD release show and we played all covers. We only played one original song, and that was like a minute long. So, I mean, we, we've done a shit ton of covers over there. I mean, what, Messiah by Hellhammer? Wow, alright. Uh, I mean, well, the I, idea, I mean, I couldn't even, if I said, oh, Obituary?
0: That, it's interesting Dave, to me that you've covered Obituary and Cannibal Corpse. Um, dude,
3: that's Adam. That, honestly, me and Dave are the vile satanic black metal and same with Tim. That's what we like. Adam was never a huge black metal fan and so he was always from death metal so no matter what we wrote it was always going to have a death metal vibe to it but I mean, the vocals on obituary are ungodly you know have an early obituary mm-hmm. cats on the duck uh, it's uh yeah i mean that that was playing obituary is fun i like i mean that's <laughs> some really dirty simple stuff there uh, yeah man yeah. It's, it's classic for a reason an animal always injects the death metal into whatever, yeah. So,
0: all right, well, fair and fair enough, man. And yeah, I mean, you know, not to make uh, a bigger deal than it is about um, covers cover songs you've done, but well, while we're while we're talking about that and you're bringing up the death metal, here's something. Um, I wanted to ask you about this as if whether or not it's a big influence. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, my friend Dan Olivencia, a uh, bass player of Miasmatic Necrosis, uh, shout out to him. He turned me on to Manticore's music. Years ago when when ritual cleansing of the whore was like a fairly new release still. Oh wow. And the way he described it to me over the phone before he played it for me, because back then, like, you know, you would you would tell your friend about a band and you'd have to wait till you went over and hung out to actually hear it. Right. And he was like, um he was like, it kind of sounds like if if Carcass's reek of putrefaction was black metal. That's that's cool, the description right? that, that he gave to me that always sticks in my head. I think he was referencing the raw quality of the production and the sound, but the brutal death metal uh, elements.
3: Um, I'll take it. What, I, yeah, one of our first reviews, I think, compared it to If Immolation Met Carcass, which I was honored because I'm a huge Immolation fan, and Adam's an even bigger Immolation fan. And then Steve's from Cleveland, so, mm. yeah, I mean... I, love that sh- you know it's just that stuff so perfect but yeah i mean so what brian what brian calls us back in the day when he say too brutal to be or yeah too brutal to be black yeah model, too satanic to be death or uh yeah death metal yeah. yeah too brutal to be black metal Too satanic to be death metal
0: <laughs> well doesn't do, doesn't cleveland have a bit of a history with that i'm thinking of uh from the depths and decrepit
3: so oh, yeah we're a huge death black kind of city I think with the history of bands here
0: you yeah do you, do you guys Florida have any uh, relation with those bands you uh, are, are you guys um I know there's a little cross-pollination with the lineups over the years
3: um we were always proud to say we were not a Parma band because all those guys are from one like small city
0: okay. outside of Cleveland okay.
3: And, but no, actually Dwayne, who was in decrepit, you know, incantation, none from the depths on and on. And on. I don't even know all the bands he was in, but he was in Manicor for a while. Okay. So yeah, there, there was a little bit of cross pollination.
0: Uh, you just I you, you just you just sparked something in my head real quick Re- real quick question man might maybe something maybe not we just interviewed Viogression and we talked to Dwayne Timlin I, I I know he was in Sarcophagus either you guys ever worked with him
5: yeah I remember him yeah.
0: yeah 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 I
5: still every now and then talk to those guys like very sparsely but yeah no I always bullshit with uh Tim or uh Dwayne about doing Sarcophagus again or anything like that because I'm like <laughs> dude.
0: It's just so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, we were we we talked well, about Sarcophagus when I had him. On. I had him on a few weeks ago. I just had to ask that because I know you guys are kind of well, some somewhat similar uh, um, networks.
3: Yeah. Well, Marcus does stuff on the new song on uh, the new Manicore album. Actually, who who does Marcus? Mar- who's who's Marcus now? He was in Sarcophagus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Marcus. All right, all right. He was in Sarcophagus. He was in Force of Impaled. He was in Commandant.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I was talking about these bands with Dwayne. Okay, I didn't, yeah, I didn't recognize the name. Yeah, of Marcus, no, I'm
3: just saying we're talking about yeah. sarcophagus. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, one of their, And we have the big hookup with them because even Andy from back in the day, because Breath of Night Records put out our first release. Yeah,
0: Breath of yeah, Night, Night Records. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's um, that's one thing I talked to Dwayne about was Judas's Carry
3: isn't well, that's Andy
0: owned? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was going to get to that and just ask you quickly um, what your dealings were like with with him and uh, you know working with kind of like a cult figure like that in the scene.
3: He Andy was amazing. I mean we we sent out probably seven copies of the demo and one happened to get to him and he wrote us and said, "Hey, I want to sign you to Brother Night, Versalis is going to put it out for me, and I want to bring you guys to Europe." We were like, wow, yes, yes, and yes. You know, I mean, why not, right? And actually, he took great care of us on that tour. Huh? The first night, we went out to this super fancy restaurant, it was way underdressed, you know, being metal guys. But he took us out, took good care of us. I mean, that tour was a blast. I mean, we were well taken care of on that tour. I mean, Andy was a great guy. We actually stayed in his apartment the entire, like, Nuremberg was our hub for that tour, and he—that's where he lives. So, we kind of like gravitated back to his apartment a few times during the tour. You know, and he was always a great guy to us.
0: Okay, well, wow, that's yeah, because uh, that's that's not um, not every band can talk about Breath of Night Records. Uh, who's who's still active? Um <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah, old. You we're know. old man. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. <laughs> While we talk about Manticore, we're kind of like talking about the beginnings of the band. Now, um, did you guys ever come up against any opposition because of the extremity of your lyrics and your themes in any way, in terms of venues? I don't know. You know, you tell me. Once,
3: once, and that was recently.
4: Yeah,
3: hmm. yeah, yeah. We were on our in 2019. We went to Europe with Kill and Helga. Did actually Eastern Europe, and we're actually sitting in the airport in Philadelphia waiting to fly over, and we get a message going, hey, uh, you guys can't play Warsaw. Why? Antifa there hates you, and they sent the owner of the club this huge dossier on your band and you, and he, he's not going to let you play, which it really sucked because it really wanted to play Warsaw. I and mean, the Adam's Polish. He was so happy. We played three shows, well, two other shows in Poland, but he was super psyched to be there. Because, you know, I mean, that's home, you know, and it's like, he's just going, you know, and so it was, it was dumb. It, you know, I mean, it's the way the world is now, but that's the only time we ever had opposition, I think. Other than that, people, meh, 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 but it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to get some people that, you always get people that don't like something, you know. And with the internet, everyone has a, a voice, so. 30 years ago, you didn't hear it. Now you do, you know? It's the only difference, really. Okay. Um, And
0: it's it's funny because when I ask that question, I'm picturing religious groups. That's not not something. Yeah, yeah. That's
3: interesting. Other (laughs) metalheads. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember the PMRC as a major thing. And so uh, I laugh now when I was like, wow, it used to be Bored Housewives that tried to cancel metal. And now it's metal heads that try to cancel metal. <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm getting too old, I guess.
0: Well, it's, it's um, you know, that's something that I was kind of, like, getting at, too, was this um, strain of, of black metal, this part of the black metal scene that how are you going to soften up, uh, you know, war metal? You know what I mean? How are you? It's it's like anti anti. anti what's the word it's (laughs) antithetical to like what black metal is in a way I think a lot of people would say to have any kind of um regard for offending anyone would you agree
3: with that I grew up with George Carlin man you know yeah yeah, I don't I don't I don't believe in like if you're offended there's plenty of things that I personally don't like I just don't put myself to where I'm around those things it's really simple. If I don't like something, it's amazing how I have hands. I can change the knob. I can eject something. I can move to a different website, whatever. It's not that hard. But, you know, now, hey, get your 15 minutes of fame, go online and rant or whatever. And, oh, I can't believe some guy said something that offended somebody over there who might not. I don't know. You know, it's so dumb anymore. Yeah, no, metal shouldn't have any care about that. It's not for everyone. I miss the days when you actually had to hunt out bands. I, I miss the days when you would get a, you know, a little 3-inch by 2-inch flyer added into a, a mail from somebody, and you would write a band and say Singapore, and it would take three weeks for them to get it, and then they would write you back. Three weeks, you'd take more. Then you would send them money for a demo, and by the time you When you saw the flyer, by the time you had the demo, it was three months later. But you had to work to find that stuff. Now you just go online and go, oh, my God, I can't believe people do that. That offends me. It's You know, it's I don't know. It's a a different time.
0: There was a very clandestine nature to it (laughs) many years ago that's um, lost
3: nowadays. You had to actively search it out. Yeah. Underground means underground, you know? I don't everything being available at your fingertips is not always a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that there's there's a lot to be said for that. Um and with with Manticore, with like you know while we're on the topic of like um the themes and the extremity where does you know I mean it might seem like a naive question or an easy question, but the extremity towards Christianity um and and is it just christianity in particular where where does that come from uh for you guys i don't know if you each want to maybe answer that separately uh in terms of the band
3: me uh i personally just am anti i I, actually it's not just christianity there's actually a song on the new album called abrahamic obliteration so 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 it's
0: it's it's the big three pretty much then
3: It's, it's, yeah, it's the big, well, everything stems off those big three and, oh, you're a Christian, okay, well, you get divorced, you're a Protestant, you can't, you're a Lutheran, whatever it is, you know, I mean, it's just, it's all, it's all just branches off of those. Those pretty much encompass the bulk of it, what controls the world. And that's what I don't like, is just the control, that people let it take over every aspect of their life. Look, that's great. Believe in whatever you want. I can care less. It's just at some point you have to be a rational thinking person and go, "I can make a decision for myself." So that's where that hatred comes. It's just. It, I think it's almost to this at this day and age, it's almost just like uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's uh, it, it almost just is like society.
0: Well, it is, you know, it, well, you know, we live in a Christian uh, society, I guess you could say, in a lot of ways, you know. Um, oh,
3: definitely.
0: We, definitely. On on that note, with the way things are going, you know, I usually don't really go get this real on the podcast, but here's a question that I just want to pose to you. Um With the way things are going politically in the United States, with with Christian sentiment um, uh, uh, influencing policy more and more, do you ever have any concern for maybe censorship coming back in that regard or any sort of persecution for people like yourself who were very out with your artwork in this way, like in in Um, terms of anti-religiousness?
5: I don't really worry about it, do you? No, I'm more worried about people just being fucking retarded. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you can say that no more. <laughs> well, I did. It's
0: well, just- I, I'm not I'm not here to censor you. Uh but it is funny because what you said just kind of like speaks to the whole point he was just trying to make about about um people getting right? offended. But
5: uh, yeah, I
0: mean fair enough. The thing, I-
5: think with a fucking rational head instead of just like Hey, my feelings overtake what the facts actually are. Well, the facts are you suck. Your feelings are you're sad
0: because you suck. Fuck off. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we love
3: humanity over here. <laughs> nah, you
0: know what, man? Because because we're we're having a real conversation here, and oh, yeah. um, it's you know I wouldn't expect uh, the band Manticore to 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 be holding hands with anybody over here, so it's fine. Um, yeah we we
3: don't <laughs> but
0: but as we as we push on because um you know th- this is the type of thing where we could get a hypotheticals all day uh right. i i do want to talk a little bit you guys are um you you've released a lot of material over the years by way of full length eps and several splits um but there are periods of inactivity um, or anyway, periods that we may see as periods of inactivity. Do you guys take breaks? Or are you like kind of always writing behind the scene and you're just carefully curating when to put something out?
5: Uh, I guess to be completely honest, I don't want it to sound wrong, but we're kind of like a lazy band, <laughs> <laughs> we're a lazy band. <laughs> no, we just, Tim lives an it, hour and a half away. And not so much as that, but it's just, it's, personal life takes over and i mean you gotta work to survive so it's you know you gotta get ahead of the game while you can and then you know when you can actually have the fun to do stuff that's why i say it's kind of like a lazy band because it's just everybody's yeah just busy i mean we're all busy and it's
3: we all have um, houses families kids sometimes the music (laughs)
5: has to take a back burner but it's still there everybody still pretty much uh We still practice, get together. Yeah, writes independently at home and stuff like that, and we just bring ideas down, but it's just, you know, life catches up to you, man.
0: Fair enough. Um, And that's, I wouldn't say laziness at all, man, because, you know, you guys are dealing with a commute and you're dealing with, um, uh, you know, adult issues, work and family and things like that, man. You know, there's a lot lot of, most bands end up going that way, you know, by the time you turn uh, into your late 30s and 40s. That's just how it is. That's why I tell all these yeah, younger, younger bands: get it out now, go tour now, while you're in your twenties, man. You know.
5: Uh, um, yeah, that's basically it. You're by the time you hit, you know, our age or lose age or anything <laughs> like that, it's age it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't want to sit in a car for six hours anymore. You're like, <laughs> shit, dude. My back on. hurts. My hip hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Have hey. a cardiac arrest. Right? You know
0: who so, I always get, uh, give it up for is um uh, uh who, who's the gentleman from Embalmer uh, the drummer uh, is that Roy? Oh Roy! Roy? Yeah, yeah, well, he, yeah. Dude, he,
3: I was in Embalmer for years, like four or five years. Embalmer, Roy is awesome.
0: Yeah, he's I I uh, I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but I know he's been in that band for a very long time.
3: Yeah, he's he's the original. He is the Embalmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Roy, man. Yeah, he's been in the band since the beginning.
0: He and just and just shout if anyone's listening, he has an open invitation to this podcast. I've reached out, um so if he's ever interested, he's got an open invitation, man. But um, I'll send him a message. Yeah, dude, I've been trying. I've been trying to get him. I don't want. I don't want to bother the guy. But um, you know, much. Well, he's much retired. Respect.
3: What's that? He's retired now. That's how old Roy is. So, what everybody calls me old. Roy is even older. I love you, Roy, if you listen, man, <laughs> if you hear this. Yeah. <laughs> Res-
0: respect to him. man. you know what?
3: I got to give a quick shout out because a month and a half ago for my wife's birthday, we had a band come through here and play. And their bass player is old. We had the mentors play in my basement. If you like the mentors. Really? Okay. You remember them? Oh, well, yeah. It's we t- played t- in the- my basement for my wife's birthday. Th- that's pretty crazy, and- man. What, are you friends with them or something? Oh, I just had an opportunity to book them. Okay. And, since, and you can put this here. Don't edit this out. And since I don't like the people at the bars in Cleveland, I <laughs> refused to book the show at any of their bars. So I made it a private invite only show for my wife's birthday in the basement. But I had a chance to book them and they were fine playing at a show like here. They were like, yeah, we'll play a party. So, they, but Steve, I mean, Dr. Heathen Scum, man, he's he's up there but he is an awesome dude man still out there doing it and he kicked ass they sounded great <laughs> i just had to give him a quick shout out because we're talking about old guys in metal
0: uh, of course man yeah and I just, I just brought up roy you were talking about uh your joints in your back he's a drummer i mean for the drummers it's an extra step so right? man it's crazy but respect respect to the older generation um you know pioneers i'm not trying to uh, clown on anybody either man um uh oh, you no know, way! M- much much different generation uh, than, than than what we got now in terms of the metal scene, but we we interview younger <laughs> artists too. Um, so so moving along now, you guys got uh, Endless Scourge of Torment, um, the Endless Scourge of Torment. Your new albums coming out on Hell's Headbangers Records, who you've worked with a lot over the years. Um, Hell yeah. is, Head, is Hell's Headbangers based out of Cleveland,
3: but not close to it. But yeah, but dying a shit. Yeah, they're like
5: half an hour south. Yeah, just half hour south of Cleveland itself, so technically, yeah, Cleveland.
3: <laughs> you know how New York is? It's kind of the same thing. If it's within an hour drive, it's Cleveland.
0: <laughs> yeah, I live about an hour outside of New York City, but you know, I might as well just tell people I'm from New York City if they're not from the area. I, worked, you
3: know? I did a job in Amity years ago, so you're probably close to there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm
0: uh, about 15, 20 minutes away from Amityville. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's funny. Of all places, you visit Amityville. <laughs>
3: you know I what did, I mean? I had a job there, you know? I spent like three weeks out there, actually.
0: That's that's funny, man. Um, they're, they're, Right now, actually, Amityville Music Hall is, is one of the prime spots for underground death metal and grindcore and all that
3: stuff on Long Island. Dude, what's a better place to play than Amityville? I mean, come on, you
0: yeah, know? Yeah, no, great great scene going on around that place, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I just wanted to get into this new album a little bit. Um, you know, we went off on a few tangents there. Now, do I have it right that this is your first release since 2017 split with Obeisance, Bestial Mockery, and Witch King? Nope. No, okay, correct
3: me then. Last year we put out a. We put out a. Okay. We record this album was recorded in 2019. Okay. Yeah. So it was recorded before we did the European tour. It just that ne- we just never were in a hurry to release it, and it just then COVID hit, and we just really didn't care then because why release an album when you can't do nothing? So mm. on that tour, Antonio from Blasphemous Arts Records in Italy asked us if we wanted to do a seven-inch, and we told him. We would, but we wanted to do a split with Kill because we've toured with Kill a bunch of times now. We're actually going to tour Mexico with them later this year. So they're like our brothers, you know? So actually, we came back from the tour and recorded two new songs that were released actually last year on a split 7-inch. So,
0: Okay, so technically that's like your, your newest recorded material. Is that, is that our newest
3: stuff? material yes has already been released but the album's <laughs> coming out in a few weeks that's how it's shit really happens sometimes time.
0: though man it's it's still a new album uh for, right. for us over yeah. here so you actually wrote and recorded the album prior to the pandemic
3: oh yeah
0: wow all right. so i've a lot i've talked to a lot of bands who had an album come out like right before the pandemic and they had to cancel all their tours and all their shit and everything and blah 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 did yeah. you guys have things booked that you had to cancel no, well, that, no, we don't that's play okay.
3: a lot of shows. Yeah, actually, we, you guys are like, huh? I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. Oh, ahead. I was gonna say we're just kind of, we're like really picky with shows. I see. You know, so. I see that.
0: I know you played the Obliteration Fest with a lot of um, kind of like-minded metal bands from the area uh, just recently, right? Just earlier this month.
3: Well, that was all Ohio bands, so yeah. Yeah.
0: And then this other show uh, I just saw on your social media. If I got this right, it's the uh, Sangre de la Bestia Fest in, in Mexico.
3: Yeah, that's uh, actually I think, what three or four shows we're playing with Morbo, Sadad, and Kill. Okay, got yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, it's- actually, uh, I think Morbo Satan from Peru are doing the shows. Asteroth are doing the shows. A couple other bands. I. I It went from us and Kill to all of a sudden there's seven bands doing the shows, and I just, sorry guys, I don't remember everybody. (laughs) Well, it's
0: on your social media. I got it here, but yeah, um, it's a big lineup, and it looks like a lot of bands that um, go well on a bill with you in terms of sound and what they're about.
3: Yeah, which is weird because, I mean, Adam can tell you more because... We get lumped in with Black Death all like we get lumped in which is fine, but we get lumped in with war metal bands all the time. And I don't think we have ever been war metal. <laughs> no. Do you? No. Not at all. I, I just we always end up playing with war metal bands and it's just I believe me, those guys are great guys, a lot of great friends of mine. I just don't see it, you know. I guess I don't know who else to lump us in with.
0: <laughs> I, I guess it goes back to the uh like too satanic for death metal and too brutal for black metal kind of thing you were talking about. Right. Because I you know, I see it. Like I don't I not that I think you guys sound like beherit or blasphemy or something like that or revenge or whatever, but I right. can see you guys sharing a bill and it making sense. There's something there You know, it's kind of like because those war metal bands, for a guy like me who's more into grindcore and brutal death metal, that's the kind of black metal that makes more sense for me when I want to listen to it. So, like, and Manticore makes a lot of sense for me to listen to as well. You know what I mean? It it all kind of clicks in the same vein, I think. That
3: that makes sense. I mean, I can see it. Yeah, I I see that. The new album, though, I think it's. There'll be a couple more mellow moments on the album. There's still plenty of holy shit, grind you know, parts on, the, on the, our full songs, even, on the album. But we definitely, like, I think we have our... It's funny, for Adam being the least black metal guy in the band, I think we have the most black metal song we've ever recorded on this album. And actually, Adam wrote the entire song, so...
0: It, it all comes He out. actually
3: wrote it on guitar and brought it down, actually, with drums already to it and everything, so... How often does
0: that happen uh, uh, with Adam with with writing um, the songs in terms of guitar? Um, if, I don't
5: know. a couple of riffs here and
3: there.
5: It's happened a little bit more often than I would say it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well,
0: I well that 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 makes me think of um, I, if I'm if I'm maybe I'm wrong, but the split seven inch with Nunslaughter didn't you guys do a little bit more of a doom metal sound then? Nunslaughter.
3: Oh well, Nun you Oh, Jim used to hum riffs to the guys at Nunslaughter. Well, didn't you do a split? I'm sorry,
0: maybe I got something wrong here in my research. No, I we don't... didn't do
3: a split. With them. We've never, we've actually never done a split with those guys. Though so we've talked to them for. What we talked to Jim about doing a split for twenty years, man. and what we were gonna do, always, we always talked about us covering a Nunslaughter song and Nunslaughter covering a Manicore song.
0: That would be that would be awesome, man. And much respect to Nunslaughter. <laughs> yeah, I got I I must add a little flaw in my research here. It's all good, man. We don't have to get into
3: it. No, that's okay. But, but um, it's, it's weird because we're both from Cleveland, but we two, what a few weekends ago in Cincinnati. I think that was only the second time we've ever played a show with Nunslaughter. Wow, okay. And we've shared what, they've they've lived here for 15, 16 years, 17 years, they've been a Cleveland-based band.
0: Yeah, is is the guy um, named Don of the Dead, is he still with that band?
3: Yeah, oh yeah,
0: Nunslaughter is Don. He's like the long-running guy behind it all, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, Don's a good guy. We were having that conversation about all the, all the old school guys before, man. He de- he definitely's in that, <laughs> that class as well. Um, well, I you know I've had you guys on um, for a while now. To be respectful of your time, um, I, I I appreciate it. And as we wind down, um, you know I did plug several times. Uh, Endless scourge of torment on Hell's Headbangers Records, July fifteenth. Um, people can look for that in all, all formats. And you have like a, a huge list of splits uh that you guys have done with uh Necrolocaust, grave upheaval um oh, like i said obeisance bestial mockery witch king and kill that's that's kill from sweden right correct yeah uh, yeah so people can look into all that i believe the, most of it is probably available from hell's headbangers um and things some like of it,
3: that some of it is but a lot of it's sold out yeah it's cult
0: it's if you missed it you missed it sorry you're lucky you got this interview yeah good man. luck
3: you have to overpay on Discogs now. It sucks, but we all have to do it sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to reveal
0: what I've overpaid for on Discogs, but I, yeah, I've done it. Hey, um,
3: I, I, you know, I don't think I've overpaid for too much, but you know, <laughs> there's a few things I would overpay for.
0: Well, o- overpay in terms of the, the quality of itself, maybe, but overpay in terms of my budget every once in a while. Um, well, that, yeah, that's different. But na- nowadays, we got to watch. But um, Lou and Adam, here's my here's my question. I always wind down with. Uh, if you guys each want to take a turn, I ask you to recommend one older album or demo or EP, whatever, one older release and one newer release by any artist, metal or otherwise. There's no hard and fast rules. Just something from back in the day and something from the last few years uh, to recommend to, to us and the li- to, to me and the listeners.
3: Go ahead, man. Oh, you want me to go? I know what I'm going to pick. See, I'm going to appeal to your Long Island interest because I would say if you're going to listen to anything from back in the day, you should listen to Fire Down Under because Riot is one of the greatest bands that ever fucking existed, in my opinion. And they got screwed so bad. Well, not even that. They screwed themselves. They they were a, a train wreck of a band as far as personal shit went, but... They were a great band that's so overlooked. That would be my, one of my all-time listens to, which Adam bought it for me on vinyl this year, so thank you, Adam. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> yeah. honestly, anything newer, newer. See, here's where my people are going to go, fucking poser, because honestly, like I'm on this kick of the shit I hated in the 80s, that I listen to now. And there's a band out of Sweden oh, yeah. called Crazy Licks. And they sound like an 80s U.S. glam band. But they do it perfect. And, you know, yeah, people can go, oh, yeah, yeah, Black War Metal. That's fine. Sorry, guys. I mean, we've gotten weird looks pulled up to gigs listening to Sweet. So it is what it is. <laughs> I like a lot of different shit other than just metal. So... <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I did hide my Winger and Queensryche cassettes before we started the, the oh, Skype. Hey, so.
3: Queensryche. Hey, <laughs> um, when I was in Balmer, me and Rick wore out probably two or three Operation Mind Crime CDs when we would go on road trips because everybody would pass out and fall asleep. And me and the old singer Rick, we would just throw in Operation Mindcrime and sing it word for word, like probably five times in a row, you know, when we were on road trips. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Even to. That's a mandatory road trip album, is is Operation Mindcrime.
0: Agreed, man. Classic. Now, I I got to get get a hot take here, though. Have (laughs) you followed. Uh, or are you? Do you are you interested in even the 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 new singer era? Todd Latour Dude, era? Todd Latour is a beast. I, I agree. I agree. I've been waiting for them to come
3: back ever hey, since. Let's like check in on this one because yeah. you're a drummer. Oh
5: yeah, <laughs> dude's got his pipes, and I mean, he played uh, drums on the last album, so
0: I mean. When he played drums and sang on the last album, I was like, "All right, it's his band." It's fine. like I gave up as a, as a longtime Queensrÿche fan who didn't <laughs> want to like it. I I am like, "All right, man, the guy's got it now."
5: Yeah, I mean, I gave it its fair shot. It still ain't you know Operation Mindcrime or you know the Warning or any of that shit. You know anything up to that because that basically just fucking legendary. You can't touch it, but. Dude did good. I mean,
0: <laughs> 100% yeah, man. man. And I'm just, you know, Everyone. yeah, it's obviously never going to be mind crime or warning, but it's also not Q2K or here in the now frontier. Okay. I'm just happy. about oh, yeah, that. No,
5: <laughs> no, or operation mind crime too, which ooh, was ooh, ooh. that mind crime was just throw that shit away.
0: I, I I I I don't like it when you say that because I try to convince myself it was all just a dream. Mine crime too. I, 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 I was it was all just a dream. It was all just Fallen a dream. crime.
3: Oh
0: man! Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, so Come
3: on, we're go, waiting for Adam's old school band, though. Yeah, go, I want to hear Adam's old school band. Go ahead, man. I mean, like I said, I've known him for since he was twenty years old. So I would like to hear, and I know what he listens to a lot because we hang out a lot. So But, uh,
5: it's
3: going to be high and dry. No, it's actually, and I do love that
5: album. High and Dry is a great album. But, uh, man, if I, if, see, I I don't have, like, (laughs) I've got a couple, man. So, like, here, (laughs) I'll hit you with a couple that are my earlies. So, I mean, Alice in Hell. Yes. Gotta have that. That's Annihilator. The other day.
3: See, he says that's early, which is funny, because I had already graduated high school and was living on my own. you early as when they were still hitting <laughs> sticks on rocks. Um, I'm actually, uh, you know,
5: the first couple metal churches, but I've uh, uh, got a newfound respect for the uh, um, early Mike Howell era. Like, uh, Blessing in Disguise is actually one of my all-time favorite rippers. I, I really fucking love that album. Definitely. Radio, really. And then, um, my other favorites, I guess, old schooler, if you will.
0: Well, I'm sorry. What was that last one? You cut out for a second. Oh, the- wow. okay. You hear White Zombie? White Zombie. Okay, which album? Lost Exorcist, though. That's basically the only one you need. Uh, Lou and Adam of Manticore. I really appreciate your time and your recommendations and your stories and keeping it real with me. Um, thank you very much uh, Endless Scourge of Torment is the new album out July 15th on Hell's Headbangers Records I urge everyone to go check that out any parting words for fans of your music and listeners of our show
3: no I mean <laughs> you should probably see us while you can because we don't play a lot and I'm getting older according to this guy so I'm probably going to die soon so we only have so much left in us <laughs> about it so I mean you want something ugly you know, get a hold of us
0: fair enough man uh and i think that about says it all um about manticore from cleveland ohio thank you very much for your time guys
3: hey man thank you yeah thanks for having us
0: There you go. Bring bring it on!
1: Absolutely insane. So when I was living in the city, I you know I would frequent uh, Washington um, uh, walk Gramercy no Gramercy Park yeah Gramercy Park Uh, you know I lived on Twenty Third in Lexington I'd walk to Mm -hmm. Union Square and you know uh, you know frequent Irving Plaza and all that kind of shit
0: Rome to me I just don't I.
1: (laughs) Uh, New York City, USA, bro. Yeah, I brother, follow again. my friends when I take the subway. I so just... I, when I was, when I was, uh, when I was, when well, I was living When I was out there doing when the I was living there. Experimenting with um, student debt. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I would have to walk around the whole, um, the whole set that they had built on, on fucking uh, Broadway down by the Flatiron uh, of I Am Legend. There was just like shrubs growing over old cars. And I'm like, well, those cars look, recent to us but i didn't know they were filming in the future all this kind of stuff so they had built that whole foliage um overgrown new york city are you like, sure that wasn't like, front like vertical
0: eyes. gardening vertical limit like where they grow mm. v- sh- like vegetables on the side of buildings yeah uh, 100% might
1: sure, have been something the, the day lines. before i was buying old vhs tapes from a man on the same street huh. uh sans foliage
0: VHS mm. VHS tapes sans foliage. Mm. That's That sounds like a hipster band name if I ever. Yeah,
1: it's cool. cool. <laughs> it's my new record coming out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird because a lot of times you hear instrumental uh, bands who can't find a vocalist. I mean, this is actually just only vocals. I have no band. Can't find a wow. band. Yeah. <laughs> I can't nice. find a band at all. Yeah, so.
0: That's a dilemma. Speaking <laughs> of only vocals... I believe we have a voicemail, Tom.
1: Yeah. I love, I love when people leave us messages of on Only fire. Vocals.
0: That segue is on fire. I, so greased, good. I greased the segue. Catch,
1: catch me naked on OnlyVocals.com. <laughs> All right. All
4: right. Hey, Heavy Hole. This is Ian calling from Memphis, Tennessee. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Uh, calling to Say. You guys have a great podcast. Love listening to it. Love all the alleged stories. Also, calling to put a little spotlight on some Memphis bands that are doing some really cool things. First, Excavate just put out a release really on MAGA Stomp. Some really killer stuff. We got Ritual Fog, kind uh, of some stompy death metal, just put out a demo earlier this year. We got Knoll. Probably seen their name around before. There's some really young guys. That are touring all over. They just did a tour with Backslider and Cloud Rat. Two of them with all sorts of cool bands so far. Really excited to see what they keep on doing. We got Corroded with the K. They're about to put out a release. They're kind of more grindy stuff. We also got a thing called Grave Lurker. More punky death metal. It's all about robbing graves, doing just debaucherous stuff. Then we got Autolith. They're kind of more doomy sludge kind of stuff. Really killer band recording a new record, so they'll be putting out something, immediately hopefully. All right, thanks for what you do. Support your bands. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, wow. Excavate yeah.
1: is like one of the coolest band names I've ever heard. It is. Yeah, yeah that's one of those Escavate band
0: names too. where you're like, how has that not um, been used by a huge band? Because it's a great yeah. name. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a really. Uh, yeah, Noel, I've seen around a bunch. They're uh, they put out an EP. Oh, man, I, I i have lost track of time but yeah. i know recently go ahead I, dude, off the cuff dude. they did it they did it well i okay. heard their latest ep and it was uh on 20,
1: point. 20 aught yeah it was uh pretty good so, um i can all right go ahead well because i don't want to i don't want to ruin this meaningful topic, <laughs> This meaningful like something meaningful you're about to say something like relevant I, and meaningful no, well
0: now it's not it's it's really not a huge thing um no, Terrell uh, shot. To, I think it was actually just the the um, a few episodes ago. Uh, we were talking about oh uh, man. Um, we were talking about New Jersey, and I mentioned Terrell uh, from Thetis and Buckshot Facelift and Reeking Ora was at a show at the Meat Locker, I believe. Noel was one of the bands. I think he said mm. that. I'm trying to check right now, but cool. Regardless, I'm just gonna say it because we're drinking these motherfucking Freedom Steve wise yeah, man. You, man. God, God bless. God bless. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Yeah, yeah be free with my words right now. Yeah, I believe Noel uh, was was one of those bands, but yeah, they're they're out there making moves. Excavate, he said. Ritual fog, yeah. yeah. And was that Autolith, He said. What was the last one?
2: Um, there was uh, what was it? Great Grave Worker.
1: Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, Grave, Grave- fucking <laughs> Lurk. Grave Lurker. Grave
2: Lurker. Okay, yeah. so um the. The uh, voice to text on Google Voice is it very hilarious. Well. It yeah, works. works well. Yeah, yeah. So, Rich yeah. Will Fog reads as Rich Will Fog. Rich Will Fog. Yeah, not far off phonetically.
1: Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll have will. Rich Will Fog on the next episode. <laughs> maybe we will. We're just going. Well, <laughs> we're going to
2: that uh, Fog Machine juice. Yeah. Will branded.
1: Love it. So strong and rich.
0: I just looked at an Autolith. A U T O L I T H is a band from down there in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, so. that's
1: dope. That's a cool name as yeah. well. Yeah. I
0: like that. Big shout out to Ian from Memphis, Tennessee. First time caller with uh, that oh, yeah, little, dude. like a kind of like a mini scene report. I like yeah. that, man. People just call in and rep some bands from your area or like some that. stuff that you like, man. That's beautiful.
1: Ian, I want to put it right back at you. I want, because I just heard something about Memphis where that, where it's it's got possibly allegedly the biggest bass pro shop in the states right now we got to go uh, where it is a it's a pyramid um oh, yeah. that uh has also a hotel inside of it that there is a bass pro shop in um and that the owner of it uh was confronted by the owner of this building to buy uh said pyramid to put a bass pro shop in and wasn't convinced until he fished in the lake behind the pyramid and caught his personal best smallmouth bass um, and then was like, I need, like, you're totally right. I need to buy this property. That sounds
2: like a Bible story. That last, it, uh, bit. Uh, the well, last bit.
1: This dude, ain't that America? Yeah, ain't that America? Let freedom ring. Yeah. So, uh, Ian, if you if you could, uh, I'm putting the challenge out to you, man. Do you have enough minutes on your plan to call back and just confirm this story <laughs> that there is a. Luxor esque pyramid of Bass Pro Shop that we could allegedly sleep in and shop pilgrimage and do, too. exactly pilgrimage and, and do what we have to do to the in the Bass Pro Shops pyramid um, and thank you uh, all of, uh, thank you also pyramid shaped <laughs> plow
0: the new single by Reeking Aura that was put out this week profound Ooh. lore records yeah shout dude, out to yes. them shit sounds yes. tight yeah hundred... I, didn't, I didn't want to cut
1: you off but it was a good set no it's hundred... oh my god. Pyramid-shaped Dude, plow, coming brand off new single. off like a plow would cut off a uh, fucking yeah. uh, adjacent line.
0: <laughs> All the bullshit that you got to get up out of them fucking dirts and <coughs> the weeds there. Dude, Listen. cut off
1: that, go for a hole.
0: Reeking or album drop in late July. Shout out to my bandmates. Shout out to uh, Profound Law. I am going to do shameless plugs of my bands. I, I used to be We little, are excited about that. I used yeah. to be shy. I, oh, hey, God, I'm in a little band. We got a little thing. No, I'm going to drop it. No, we are I'm so
3: out.
1: pumped about it. I wouldn't know if you didn't plug. Exanguinated. The ex- uh, exsanguinated.
0: We just recorded some material. I'm not going to spill the beans, but we recorded new material at a little yes. um, studio situation. Um, Afterbirth still working hard. They got a little. Uh, I don't. Again, I don't want to spill the beans, but but watch out because a, a prestigious cult underground label from Europe that re-releases and reissues old material is reissuing. Afterbirth material on vinyl that has none of my vocals. That means it's really old stuff. So, oh. it's, yeah, it's, it's it's all coming out there. Oh. So watch these social medias. Um, so sick. All right, guys. So <laughs> we covered um, everything. Special thanks to our special guest. Uh, shout to the band Manticore. We hope you check out all the music we discussed in this episode. Check us out on the social medias. Um, check out all those bands from Memphis. Big shout to Ian for calling in. And on a sad note, one last thing I am going to recommend you check out if you missed it the first time around. The band Wet Nurse, one word, from New York City. Sadly, uh, vocalist Gene Fowler Jr. passed away recently. Um, I I didn't I hadn't kept in touch with him the last several years, but my old band Biolich was lucky to share the stage with Wet Nurse many times in the early 2000s, and I always had fond memories of Gene um, his presence and his, his, uh, his, uh, talent on stage. And he was always a nice guy to just shoot the shit with and hang with at the merch table. So I was saddened by that news. Um, shout out to his, ba- his former bandmates and his family and all that. There is a GoFundMe. Um, if you, uh, uh, hold on a second. I'm trying to look this up right here, man. If you look up Gene Fowler Jr., Memorial Fund for Gene Fowler Jr., uh G E N E F O W L E R junior memorial fund on gofundme um you can probably find certain things on instagram and social media too so rest in peace to him and his talent and uh you know shout out to everyone involved man um so i just wanted to uh you know not to end on a sad note but on a on a more um tributary note uh, memorializing him um big shout out to gene and thank you to all you guys man so um, uh, all the music we talked about again like I said please check it out shout out to Manticore and uh, we are going to play you uh, a little bit of Wetner so we have just of all the things to recommend here's one